Welcome to Inside Yorkshire with Susan, bringing you intriguing details about the lives of people here in Yorkshire. So, come on in and join us. Hello, Susan here, Inside Yorkshire. We're following on today from last week's episode with Veterans Woodcraft talking about the People's Project. Today, we're bringing you insights into living with PTSD from three of our veteran Woodcroft warriors. We're talking today to Ted Granger, one of the three founding members, and also to Andy and Matt, who are two recipients from the project. So now I'm talking to Ted Granger, who is the technical director here. You actually met Chris at when you were at Phoenix House, was that right? Yeah, Chris used to run the arts department with Diane Williamson um, and suffering with PTSD. And mate said, look, come up, you'll enjoy it. So I went up, full of reservations, um, sat down, started doing some hand carving, found out a natural ability for it. And then I met Bob and Chris, and then we went on from there. So we decided to set up Veterans Woodcraft. Uh, we moved into a little garage just on the Gallowfields estate. We got donated a CNC machine by Vectric and Legacy in America uh, and the programme. And they turned around and said, look, we, we're in Utah, <laughs> uh, so we can't come over and teach you. Somebody will have to teach you, or you'd learn yourself. So I spent the last three years teaching myself CNC and CAD design, which is uh, can give you headaches. <laughs> now, would you just for those listeners who have got no idea what you're talking about, <laughs> could you actually explain what that means? That's pretty much everybody when I'm talking. <laughs> uh, CNC is computer numerically controlled design. Um, it's a very posh router-based system uh, that carves anything you can design. It will carve it into wood for you. Okay, and your background in actually using the sort of software that's involved in this? None. None at all. None. So for nearly five years, completely self-taught. Yeah, absolutely. Right, and I've seen the things that you're producing. So you obviously got to grips with it fairly quickly, was it? Or has it been a long process? Um, I've been doing the CNC work for about three years. And the last time I spoke to the CEO was about 18 months ago. And he reckoned that the two years that I'd done were the equivalent to somebody that's been doing it for around about 15 years. Right. Now, obviously, because they teach people a set way of doing things, I've taught myself. So when I've sat down with the CEO, I found workarounds that he didn't actually know about because they've got a set way of doing things. Right. So, in, in fact, trial and error in, in your instance, quite frustrating at times, I would imagine. It's, it is. Um, a lot of people get frustrated with things, but the idea is he's pushed through it. There's, there's always an answer. Uh, there's always a solution. It might not come to you there and then. I, tend to, I, don't, I don't sleep a lot at night with a PTSD, but woke up in the middle of the night and went and got my design laptop, tried it, and it, and it <laughs> and worked. And it worked. Like, yes, get in. <laughs> Very rewarding, I would think, something like that. I think possibly more rewarding than having someone teach you. I think the fact that you've had to problem solve your way through things means that it's there. You've got it there. It's it's in your your head now, your ability to do that. Whereas I think sometimes if someone else is teaching you a programme, it may not stick quite so well. It don't it's not like like Chris was saying, it's not what you teach, it's how you teach it. Mm. Um 
we've all been in that classroom scenario where you want to go to sleep on an afternoon because the teachers are boring old fat basically um but if it's a more witty hands-on jocular this is the military banter side of things mm. then it becomes enjoyable and if something's enjoyable you'll learn it almost instantly if it's boring and repetitive you're not interested and your brain just goes oh, i'm not can't have this you switch off don't you and you just yeah your brain just goes up oh, i'm off to sleep <laughs> so what we do is it's you don't work nine till five you can go have a cup of tea you can go have a smoke have a chat and a chin wipe put your feet up mm. you know that's that's the idea behind it is it's a relaxing atmosphere, but it's an ex-military atmosphere. Mm. So it's very non-PC. That, that You have to leave your PC on the doorstep, I'm afraid, <laughs> when you come in here. <laughs> but then again, these are military people and mm. ex-military people. Mm. So it's not a personal thing. <laughs> <clears throat> it's uh, That's banter, the dark humour, if you call it. Yes. A lot of people don't understand it. The dark humour comes from, look at the stresses and strains that they put on us. The amount of responsibility. You're looking after each other. you You've got a job to do. You've got to stay alive. You've got to make sure you don't do something wrong. All those things. And then, you, 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 then you're supposed to just turn off. And how on earth then do you do that when you've been on a tour of duty and then you come home? You come home back to what some people would say a, a more normal life. Certainly civvy totally life. different. <laughs> a civvy life. Yeah. That must have been hugely difficult. It is. It's very, very difficult. Um, you're used to people following orders instantly uh, or people carrying out orders instantly what you're not used to is asking for somebody to do something if they work for you and them turn around and say yeah 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 don't worry about it i'll sort it out tomorrow or thursday or friday or it, it's no go do it do it now and having the people sort of talk back to you mm. it's it, that's difficult to understand difficult to adjust to but i was actually thinking more of uh, um more about the the home life setup, really, that must be quite the hard. Emotional side of things. The emotional side, yes. You don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, but it, that must be very difficult and very stressful just to shut off from such a responsible position where not only for your own life but for other people's lives to coming back to what must seem a little bit mundane, I think, comparatively. Boring. Mm. Uh, that's where the, the excitement and the adrenaline, uh, bear in mind that, you're listening to everything, you're looking at everything, your brain's running 100 miles an hour. You're not sleeping because you're still hyper aware of what's going on. You take all that back to Civvy Street, really. So you're walking down the street, you know, you're hyper aware of what's going on. You're watching everything without looking. You're mm. listening for the sounds that are wrong. People don't do that in Civvy Street. They walk down, most people walk around with their head pointing downwards. Mm. You know, they're not They're not even aware of the birds that we chat in because it's just normal to them. Whereas it's, what sort of bird is it? What car were that? Is that car going the right way? Are they going to go the wrong way? Mm. Is that kid going to walk off the pavement? Is that bird flying down that way? Is it injured? Is there somebody, is that squeaking of a window I've just heard? Is that a doorbell going off? I can hear an alarm in the distance. And that's all within a second. So it makes you super sensitive then? Very much so, yeah. And then that's you where the, PT- that's I presume where the PTSD kicks kicks in eventually and you can't turn it off. It's it's very, very difficult. Mm. Um I'll be honest, uh, I've spent years uh, using, and even the professionals say that I use alcohol as a coping mechanism. So I don't go out and have one or two pints. I'll go out and I'll get absolutely smashed. That's, that'll do, yeah. Um, because what you do is then, I have then uh, an alcohol-induced coma. Mm. So, so it's, body, a, it's a numbness, isn't yeah, it? Your body shuts down, but your brain shuts down. Mm. That's, that's the thing. You might wake up rough in the morning, but your brain went to sleep. That is our important thing. 
I get, I've got a lot of pain through joints and things. Uh, I've got skin issues, back, etc., etc. Like most of the lads and lasses have that have done any time. The worst thing is the head. Mm. You can take painkillers, you can take this, that, and another. You can't get your brain to do normal. Mm. It's always working. And even when you're asleep, everybody knows about the flashbacks or um, there's things called zoning out or you zone out. When you were talking to me just a few minutes ago, I started concentrating on something over there because I was trying to think of something to say. Mm. And then everything disappears. It becomes like a fog. And I were only just listening to you, but I have to snap myself back out of it. You can feel yourself going. And these are where somebody that might end up having a fit mm. because they've not stopped themselves going down that channel. Right. And a lot of the people, when they move out of there in a city street, they take the drinking with them as well. It's all, there's all these little quirks. Certainly. Certainly. And so what age were you then when you started in the army? Oh, the, the, uh, I was actually Air Force. Oh, Air Force. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, you were talking about planes, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we don't, we don't Sorry. do the army. I'm surrounded by them. <laughs> Horrible little things here. <laughs> uh, uh, 17 and a half, I joined up. Right. Yeah, so the bugger's got six months of free army. <laughs> um, worked on, uh, I was Phantom Ground Crew. Uh, then I moved on to Jaguar Ground Crew. Uh, and again... So from all that side of it, you're learning engineering. Um, you were working with missiles that had mercury thallium in the in the in the heads. So you've got mm. aircraft fuel engines on fire. You're the one that's going to put them out. Um, you've got explosive canopies, that have hot brakes, so they'd be glowing and they blow out sideways. So you've got to learn to put your feet apart rather than stand next to it in case it takes your legs out. Um, you've got pressurized systems, nitrogen, hydraulics, uh, and you're aware of all this when they, when you're doing things. Mm. So although it's not a rifle and you're not doing the combat and infantry, um, there's still a high intensity there of watching out for each other, mm. safety-wise, and then obviously being able to understand what you need to do when something does go wrong. Right. Um, so you're doing all that side of it. Bear in mind, you're basically looking after the pilot mm. and making sure that it's safe for him to do things. So it, it, was, it was enjoyable, to be fair. How long did you do it for? Ten years. Ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're nice. We went out to the Gulf a few times, uh, <coughs> chasing scorpions and spiders. Nice, mm. different wildlife, different people. Great and, time. and were you always? I mean, ha, are you from Yorkshire? Yeah, born and bred in Leeds. Right. I thought the accent. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's not quite enough. <laughs> Bit of a giveaway. Accent, yeah. um, I moved up about seven years ago from Leeds up to Richmond, mm. um, literally because I was going to split with the missus. Uh, she couldn't handle the PTSD side of my emotions. Um, they were really affecting me. The drink was ridiculous. Um, there were a lot of people that on my estate that were non-military and there were no other military. Uh, and there was a certain faction of people that used to enjoy severely pushing my buttons and winding me up using uh, like terrorist organisation names and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, So all that was part of it. Um, so basically she said, look, I'm going to North Yorkshire. One of the best moves I've ever made. Mm. Uh, we went and got a Spaniel. So I've got an English working cocker. Uh, brilliant dog. He goes out with me. We go out walking in the fields. Lovely. No people. Just wildlife. Uh, and obviously he's after the rabbits. And I'm just, you just go out for a walk. So a little bit of peace here then. That's the peace and quiet that you need for your head. That you need for your head. And then also coming here. I don't know how many days a week you're here, but um, you're very involved here, aren't you? Yeah. Get up as, as, as often as I can. Uh, we still have bad days, but because we understand that, uh, it's a simple case of Chris or Bob, but, you know, crap night, didn't get any sleep. 
not bother if I get in, I'll be in at lunchtime. If not, I'll see you tomorrow. Mm. We know how it works. That's it. End of story. There's none of this, oh, well, that's a sick day. Oh, you're having, you're going to do no. this. We're going to give you a verbal warning. You, <laughs> what a load of absolute rubbish. Yes. Yeah, it's like, yeah, don't worry about it. That's not what you need, but no. there's a, a, a great level of understanding here that people are going through difficult times. There is, yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't get paid. We're mm. actually volunteers. Mm. So it's only because we get our military pensions due to ill health that we can actually afford to live and do and this. Do this. Mm. Um, the funding thing, like the People's Project, that's the sort of money that we need because we want to teach other people to become the teachers so that we can fulfil our foresight Mm. or our what we want to happen which is to go out with the van and the the trucks which we can't afford Mm. so we've got to apply for grants for that and then go into the community to teach veterans and civvies i mean the youngest person we've taught is a nine-year-old a nine-year-old yes yeah and he loves it and Mm. the oldest person we've taught is 92 my goodness so this is all part of the outreach program that you do yep Mm. And this is mainly um, veterans' families, is it? Or nope. no, no, uh, because what we realised was it was to be to be honest, it wasn't fair just us teaching veterans. Mm. Uh, we realised that there were other people that were insecure or they, they couldn't leave the house, uh, vulnerable people, uh, and they, they might go to a coffee shop or a, or a women's institute, village hall, something like that. Um, but they were just doing stitching. Mm. And then we found out that we could actually use the van. We used to use our, our own cars to take the gear across. Basic woodworking. Uh, make a, a toolbox for your garden, for your, for your tools and spade and fork and all that sort of thing. Um, a bird box mm. or a, a bird table. Window boxes. You know, so you're showing people how to use a saw, a screwdriver, a drill. A lot of people, well, I can't do that. No, nope. the only person that's stopping you is you. Mm. Self-belief. Yep. And the way that we teach it, I guarantee you that they will make it. Mm. Bear in mind, we're military as well. We can always bag them and tag them, but I mean, <laughs> they probably won't complete it then. Um, and they go home with something that they've made. Mm. So you've got the self-achievement. Mm. So it's it's the quality of life is good. A lot of them go on to actually making things then for other people. Right. Which is, that's a bonus. It is. Um, I do certain things for people, you know, like an anniversary or something. That was six months ago or so, a mate of mine, his, uh, his dad died. So what we went and did was we got a photograph uh, of him, a couple of his mates and his dad. And it took me about four weeks to recreate the photograph. But then I carved that into the wood using the machine uh, and then hand painted it black, sanded it all, finished it. And it looked like an exact replica of the photo and gave him that and he burst into tears um, but that's the sort of thing mm. and he was given that because I suppose one of our ethos if they smile and they're happy then we're happy now, nobody likes to see somebody that's miserable and upset and everybody walks around with a glum face these days it's you know? uplifting that's, for both sides of it isn't it it works Yes. Yeah, it does, it works. It's... And a sense of achievement, really. Yeah. Not just the physical process of what you're doing. No, you've got the but... mental side. Yes, right? the mental side. Yeah. No, it's very, very worthwhile. So let's hope you get loads of votes for all of this. Well, I hope so. I hope mm. so. We are unique in what we do. Definitely. Ted, thank you very much for all of that. No, my pleasure. Hello. So now I'm talking to Andy, and I'd just be interested to know, Andy, how you actually became involved with this and when. Uh, well, I've known Chris... Ted and Bob for quite a while. Um, I was invited to come up when they when finally settled down middle of last year, um, and I found that the wood turning and the wood carving gives me peace and quiet 
from the issues that I have. Um, the, the turning can be quite forgiving in that if you make a mistake, you can usually adapt it or sand it off and start again. Um, it, it gives, it's, it's a form of mindfulness, basically. Um, depending on what project you're doing, if you're doing like a long project, then, you know, you tend to switch off from all your other worries and you're, you're in, present in the moment rather than the everyday issues that, you know, you have before you come in. So it's like as you come through the door, you leave your problems at the door and you pick them up on the way out again. <laughs> it's a shame you can't just leave them all together, isn't it? It is. But while I'm up here, you know, I, I, you know, there's quite a bit of banter that you get in the military anyway. You know, um, I, I was unfortunately a chef, so I get most of the ribbing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I would love to be able to leave it permanently, but mm. such is life, you know. And you it is what it, it is, yes. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the philosophy of 90% of the ex-military I know, you know, adapt and adapt, overcome. Adapt in order to survive, isn't it? It is. And the I just know from coming in here, the atmosphere is great. It all seems a lot of um, camaraderie, really. There, there is. I say, you know, the, the banter between us is quite good. Um, those that have been in and around the military most of their lives know that, you know, most soldiers have got a very strange sense of humour. <laughs> it, it's like the police, the medics and doctors and people like that. We, ha- we have quite a black sense of humour. And in here, you know, you can be who you are. Outside, you're almost putting on a mask because you can't be, you know, I, I spent 17 years in the army. For 17 years, you know, I was this person. When you come out, you can't be that person in Civil Street because they, they, they don't know how to take you. So... Coming up here gives me relief and release. And mixing with like-minded people as well must be a huge help, I think. (laughs) Yes, I mean, it is. I mean, each of us have got our issue in one way or another. Um, And like I said, you know, we feed off each other and we get information off each other. You know, if if there's something someone's going through and they can tell you a way around it, they, you know, pass it on and vice versa. That's mutual support, really. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's the best way of putting it. Mm. Now I have seen what you, you're making at the moment, and it's amazing because I don't know how long you've been involved with woodwork. I've been involved with woodwork for about six years, but I haven't been as intensive with the turning as I have been in the last six months. Um, I've progressed quite a bit, you know, pick, picking up projects um, and trying new things. Because if you, if you don't keep trying and you keep learning, then you stagnate. Um, and there's, there's no, no point in stagnating. So how many days do you come here? Is it once a week or more often? I try to, I try to come up twice a week. Um, sometimes if there's not many people on one of the other sites when they're delivering learning outside, then I'll go up there just to be an extra body. But 90% of the time, they're you know, fairly busy. Um, they, they have guys coming up from the Beacon. They have guys, they have the, the local Gurkha community. They're at St. Aidan's Church delivering learning. So the, the, they're all over the place. So trying to pin them down is the hardest part. <laughs> Find out where they are and what the, uh, what the schedule is, I guess. Yeah, but it, it's all part of the fun. You know, you've got to enjoy the fact that they're slowly building links and improving and expanding 
so that more people like myself can get help. And that's the good thing as well, because then you are integrated into part of the community as well, if you're going out to all these other places. Yeah, I mean, I say they're slowly building up a network. Um, and that's the hardest part for these for the for the team is, is building up a network of other places where they can do it, hmm. which is why they've, you know, put in for this um, lottery. The lottery funding. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so that they can actually deliver more to more places. Um, the downside to that is I'm, I might not be up here as often, but the upside is that more people like me will get help when they need it rather than feel isolated and lonely. And I suppose the fact that maybe, I don't know how well known it is that you do this, the more often that you're out doing other things, the more publicity you get for the, the wonderful work that you're doing here. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're very lucky. They've got a very good relationship with the garrison commander and he encourages them to go and speak to the guys that are leaving. Um, they're trying to forge links with the resettlement centre um, as I said, the, the Nepalese community. So with they're, they're slowly getting better known, but, you know. It takes time. Yeah. If if, if, if it happened overnight, then it would be a boom and bust. Mm. Whereas because they're doing it nice and steadily and they're building from the ground up. And, and trust. Yeah. Gaining trust. Yeah. I mean, the, that's the, the biggest thing. The, the people that come because of the issues like myself because of issues these guys need to know to be able to come and say tap you on the shoulder and say you know see you're having a problem sit down have a brew or go and have a fag or and rest if you don't feel up to it tidy down you know and call it a day mm. you know they they know the signs because they for the three of them they've been through the, through themselves um, and they've they've done the training to make sure that I'm in a safe and secure environment and I feel safe and secure. And it's a very supportive environment, I can tell. Yeah, it's, it's hugely supportive. You know, each time I come in here, I try and push to do something a little bit different. You know, the guys will tell you when we when I was turning the little birdhouse, it kept flying off, <laughs> um, going all over the place just because of the type of wood I'm using. Mm. Um, and I had to work a way around it, you know, and it, it took the input from three other people for me to get the idea how to finish it and finish it in a, a beautiful fashion. And yes, I hope you don't mind me taking a photograph of it later no, on no. because it is beautiful. No, I mean, I, for me, it's not the actual end product that's important. It's the journey to get to the end product. The process. Yeah, because I try so many different things and I get input from the three, in fact, the four guys that work here because um, they each have a different perspective. Um, and I find that they're honest with you, they're open with you. And if it's rubbish, they'll tell you it's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if they think it's good, you know, they'll tell you it's good. And, you know, when you get compliments back, you know you've done good, you know, and it gives you that boost so if you think about the next project. Mm. And it increases your confidence to tackle something else. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, this is the second time I've tried this. The first time I've completely failed. Um, this time it's come out better than I'd hoped. 
and when it's finished, it'll go on display with stuff from the, the, the three more experienced guys. Sorry, the four more experienced guys. You know, it's, uh, again, that's a boost. You know, for great other for your confidence too. I think yes. Yeah, um, and then hopefully when it's up at the gallery, I'll take my family and you know I can say, well, I've made that. <laughs> 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 they can call me a fibber, but. So you don't actually take something home until I, after it's finished, or it, it or... depends. About ninety percent of what I make, I, I give away, because as I said before, the, it's not the end product; it's it's the process to get to the end product mm. that, that gives me the relief to feel normal for a while, mm. so that I can then get on with the rest of the week. Which is why, you know, I, I try a Monday and Fridays because then it splits the week up, gives me something to look forward to, um, and it gives me relief. I know we're in on a Thursday, but they've got prep for the exhibition tomorrow. So, yes. unfortunately, you know, I've had to adapt. Mm. This week, you've had yeah. to change your schedule. Yeah. Mm. Which maybe is not that easy, is it? Yes and no. Um, because I'm not able to work. Um, so I'm, I'm one of these, so long as I know in advance and there's a reason behind it and all the rest of it, I can cope. If it happens suddenly, then I, I suddenly find that I'm overwhelmed mm. and then, then I start having problems. Yes, that's understandable. Okay. So I'm going to um, I'm going to talk to some of the others now, Andy, but I'd yes. just like to say thank you very much for that, for sharing all of that. And oh, obviously... It's working for you, isn't it? It is, and I, I hope that these guys can deliver it to more people. You know, and get they get the benefit I get, mm. because at the end of the day, if they get half of what I, I had from these guys, then they're in a better place. Definitely, definitely. Okay, thank you. And now we're talking to Matt Whiteman, who has been involved. And not so much in the founding, but you've been here right since since it began. In fact, from before they started, you actually met up with Chris and some of the the other guys early on, didn't you? I did, yeah, at Phoenix House. At Phoenix House. Yeah. So what were you doing there? Um, well, a long time ago, I was working offshore. I was working uh, on wind turbines out in the Irish Sea. And unfortunately, I had a bit of a breakdown. I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, in 2015, and then lost my job in 2016, uh, which took me to uh, Phoenix House, where I found out I had a a bit of a thing for woodworking. Yes, and um, having seen what you've actually made, which we'll go into shortly, um, it is a real skill. It is a real skill you've got there. Well, it, it's it's uh, more finding a passion for something when you feel like you've you've given up and you've lost most of what you you know what you were good at mm. um, is actually rediscovering talents you you forgot you had um, and creativity is a, a definitely a, a good thing to have and very helpful, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Now you were talking about I don't know if you're happy to share it. You were talking about your PTSD. It was mm-hmm. um, because you were working in a couple of um, different countries, wasn't it, that you experienced quite a lot of difficult things? Yeah, I um, I spent extensive periods of time in the sort of mid to late 80s in Northern Ireland, uh, witnessed quite a lot of 
not unpleasant things, I would say. And um, my my roommate unfortunately took his own life. He, he shot himself and 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 died. Uh, while you were out there. Well, while we're out there, yeah. And I I used to have to man the the guard post where he he did that to himself. So that that was quite. I don't know, it was disturbing, to mm-hmm. say the least, to be sort of put in that position over and over again, having to be in the same room, uh, and it, it was just not very nice. At the time when that happened, I was I was a young fellow, really. I was 19 years old. So. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Mm-hmm. And from then on, you went to Bosnia, did you yeah, say? Yeah, I mean, Bosnia in 1994, UN Peacekeeping Force. Uh, I was... Op Grapple, I think that was called. Uh, so as a UN peacekeeper, you'd be out and there's quite a lot of unpleasantness going on. There was ethnic cleansing, um, a lot of bodies, a lot of things that you, you just didn't want to see, but you very quickly got, got, you got used to it, but obviously it, it lingers with you in the background, uh, waiting to come out at a later date, which unfortunately it did. Yeah. Well, I think when you say you get used to it, I suppose you have to actually block it off, don't you? You've got to block it off in order to survive the trauma of it. Yeah, yeah. It just gets put to one side. It, it, it is what it is. It's, it's yeah. a, but then later in life, it could be a certain smell, a noise, something happening, something going on around you, a news report, a TV program that suddenly picks that unlocked bit of information that I mean I, I've learned through what I've been doing recently is, is a lot of it is it's unprocessed information mm. which which just kind of comes back and uh, hits you when you don't want it to no so. no very difficult very mm. difficult to to work through and um, especially as you're saying you were so young at the time when you yeah. experienced a lot of this yeah. I don't think civilians really can fully appreciate just the effect. Mm. And I suppose the effect later on in life that it has not only on you, but also on the people around you, your family. Yeah, your yeah. family. No, I've been married for over 25 years now. My wife has, has been through with me, thankfully, through thick and thin. We're still mm. together. Um, and yeah, it's been tough at times, but mm. we're, we are where we are and Thankfully, in a much better place now. Uh, in in a lot of ways, thanks thanks to doing this here at Veterans Woodcraft, it's it's been fantastic. Yes, it's been a real lifesaver for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now then, I want you to tell us about the um, creation that you made that I have seen, and I have to take a couple of photographs of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, what you made when you were was that when you were actually at Phoenix at House? Phoenix House. Yeah, there was a. I'd, I'd gone in there in quite a bad way, really. I'd, I'd lost my job, um, and yeah, I was a bit upset to say the least. And um, whilst having a, a chat with a couple of people, it was suggested to me that I take a look in the the woodshed, the woodworking area, which um, Chris had founded uh, down there. And they said there's a guitar making course happening. Would you be interested? Now I've always been a pretty bad guitarist and I've had a, an interest in woodworking from my school days so the two sort of clicked and when I got there it was oh we're making a Fender Telecaster copy from scratch 
I thought, well, you'll be lucky. <laughs> <laughs> but the guy, the guy taking the course was absolutely fantastic. I mean, Chris is is great as well, and we got a lot of encouragement. Uh, and it was one day a week. Uh, I think it was supposed to take six weeks. It ended up taking nearly six months, I think. But we got there in the end. There was, I think, there was six of us on the on the course, uh, and it was a real experience and a joy to do because you're getting basic lumps of wood uh the body was made of swamp ash which which was joined together and cut out and and crafted into the guitar body uh the neck was maple uh the the fingerboard was uh rosewood and it was just four or five pieces of wood that just transformed with a lot of guidance it has to be said and but it it brought a good team of people together that worked with each other, helped each other, talked about things which they wouldn't normally have talked about. Uh, and, and in itself, it was a great deal of therapy. And it, it was just, yeah, a turning point for me mm-hmm. was, was finding this creative side and uh, a confidence boost as well. Because when, you, when, you, when you're when kind of down on your luck and things are, have, have gone a bit wrong, you do lose a lot of confidence. And, and that's, that's a great shame for people that, really do have a lot of skills to offer once the confidence goes it, it takes a lot to get back yes and um well certainly i i think from the support that you that you had when you were doing that and also seeing what an amazing creation because it, that guitar is just phenomenal no thank you i mean it, <laughs> it, i did i made it but it was a lot of help mm. and a lot of guidance and but then i like i like to think that i offered a little bit myself to the to the um, to the proceedings because we, we did we helped each other out a lot and I think everyone that that took part in that particular project got a lot out of it. I think the support that you gave one another is probably as valuable as the actual creations that you made. Definitely, yeah, mm. probably more so, really. Well, yeah, it, entirely. Mm. I mean, the, the whole process was brilliant. I mean, if mm. it came out, it didn't have to be a guitar; it could have been anything. But that that was a particularly wonderful thing to do because at the end you've finished it off and you've done all the wiring you've put this thing together it looks nice and then the first time you actually plug it in and get a noise out of it not a very good noise it'd be depending on your guitar skills but the actual quality of the sound and everything else was fantastic uh yeah and it was a real kind of celebration if you I'm like sure. yeah i'm sure and from there you went on then to be involved with um the veterans here then i i did yeah i mean i i, I came up and i've done a few bits and pieces uh with the guys here uh got involved as much as i can um and i i come up you know on a, a regular basis not as regular as i would like but that that's because i am busy with other things as well but it, it yeah I come up, uh, I make things, I help with making things, and I just get involved when I can. Mm. So it's it's great. And give the support to some of the other members here, I'm sure. Uh, absolutely, yeah. There's mm. always guys in here that, are, that have come in that are from similar backgrounds. Uh, but everyone's got a story to tell, mm. and everyone everyone's got a, a you know a different outlook on life, but. A similar outlook on life, if, mm. if you like it, if that makes any sense. It, 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 we all sort of meet somewhere. You well, know. you've all gone through really difficult times, haven't you? Yeah. Which is what's yeah. brought you here in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yes. No, it's it's really good here. I know I'm just going to touch on it because it isn't to do with woodwork, but um, you're also acting now, aren't you? That's right, yeah. I've just got my equity card. Have you? I have, yeah, which is a bit weird. It's the first union I've ever joined. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I've done that off the back of... It was really this that gave me the platform to say, well, I can do things. Uh, and when I was looking to kind of um, get myself out of being a beneficiary of one place in particular, I, I thought, well, what else can I do? I'd, I'd gone home. Uh, I'd had a diagnosis of PTSD. hadn't told many people. And I phoned my sister, my elder sister, and I told her I'd been diagnosed. She said, well, I never even thought you'd join the army, to be honest. I thought you'd, you'd be on a stage or something. I said, don't be ridiculous. And then that was the end of that. But later in the evening, social media, uh, there was a call to the Theatre Royal in Newcastle for a Bravo 22 production, which they were going to put out. And I I just clicked the button and said, yeah, I'm interested. And then to my horror, I got a reply and I got invited up and it really went from there. I did one play in 2017, Uh, did another one. At the back end, sorry, yeah, the back end of 2017, performed to over 2,000 people at the Theatre Royal. Uh, it was taken really well. It got some good reviews. And then we, we got asked if we would take it on tour last year in 2018. So we did the Edinburgh Fringe uh, and worked our way down. We went to Liverpool, Birmingham, House of Commons, and then finished off in London. Uh, where we were watched by Ray Winston, who turned up, who's a patron of that particular uh, mm. organisation. So it was a bit Amazing. of a whirlwind, really. And that's, <laughs> that's what I'm busy with now. I'm sort of woodworking, acting. I'm involved in the theatre still at the moment. And uh, last year I was part of a, a cast at Richmond Amateur Dramatics production of Journey's End. So right. I was invited to do a piece for that. And we made the set furniture up here at Veterans Woodcraft. So really? things have all kind of... It all, it all it's all weaving in, together. In, yeah, yeah so, all interlocking. Yeah. No, that's great. And from such a, a bad place that you were at one point, yeah. this is amazing. It's exciting You've, times, you know. Things are, things are good, you know. Turned yourself around. Yeah, hopefully. We'll, mm. I'm looking, I'm pointing in the right direction. Anyway, definitely, that, definitely. Thing, you know, oh, yeah. that's great to hear your tale there. Mm, yes, that's okay. lovely. So thanks very much for sharing that with us. No problem. Okay. Okay. So a big thank you to the members of Veterans Woodcraft who've shared their stories with us over the last two weeks. Voting continues for their funding application through the People's Project. If you haven't voted yet, there's still time. Voting closes at 12 noon on April 15th. So go to the website, thepeoplesprojects.org.uk and vote for, for the Woodcraft Warriors. Fingers crossed and we wish them all the best of luck. Susan here, signing out from inside Yorkshire. <laughs>